Good morning, Christ Prez. Our scripture reading today is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Hear the word of God. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head and to Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We don't always know what's good for us. When our son Judo was much younger, he just completely lacked discernment about what was good for him to put into his body and what was good for him to keep out of his body. Here's good food, appropriate for a young child, and over here's a jalapeno, Here's a dog tail. Here's a piece of tree bark. Here's a dead bug. Here's a living bug. Here's a rusty nail. And you see, it would just all go in. <laughs> not much discernment, not much ability to discriminate between nourishment and junk. The Apostle Paul was putting his finger on a similar problem in the Ephesian church. They didn't know what was good for them, not in terms of food, but in terms of truth. They were being tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. They were vulnerable to craftiness and deceitful schemes. So it's like, here's healthy food and here's the rusty nail and it just all went in. We don't always know what's good for us. One of the glorious truths this passage holds up is that the corporate body of Christ and every individual part of it is headed for nothing less than the fullness of Jesus. That's our destination. That's where we're headed. But we're not there yet. We're destined for the fullness of Christ, but we're not there yet. We need growth into maturity because we're currently children. Notice that Paul includes himself in this. He doesn't say, so that you may no longer be children. He includes himself. He says, we. I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that Paul was probably more spiritually mature than we are. I mean, he's the one who knew how to be content in any and every circumstance. And yet he says, I'm a child. I need growth into the maturity of Jesus. If Paul's a child, what about the rest of us? I think it's safe to say we've got a ways to go. And so be patient with one another and with yourself. You know, every Christian community is going to be filled with spiritual children, and you're one of them, which means it'll be messy because kids are messy. We don't always know what's good for us. We're immature in that way, and that shouldn't surprise us. But we also can't settle with our immaturity. We can't be content with it. Paul says we're headed to the full maturity of Jesus Christ himself. How do we get there? How do we grow? What, is, what does growth look like? How does it happen? Paul calls us to the work of bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. 
Now, because we live in the most individualistic culture the world has ever known, our instinct is to try to turn spiritual growth into a solo pursuit that is primarily between me and God. We think we're supposed to tackle this primarily by ourselves. But no, look. In verses 12 and 13, Paul doesn't contrast spiritually immature children with spiritually mature adults. He contrasts children with the one mature person, Jesus Christ. Immaturity is plural. Maturity is singular. Maturity is about being a unified community around Jesus. It's about being the body of Christ together. And it turns out this is all about love. The body builds itself up in love. Let me highlight two ways this bodybuilding love is expressed. First, bodybuilding love is expressed in our serving. In verse 12, Paul tells us that God gives people to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, you hear saints. Who are the saints? Well, that's just you and me. Uh, It's a very churchy sounding word, but it just means people who have been set apart for a particular purpose. Well, we are set apart for the purpose of bearing witness to Jesus Christ, being his body. And Paul says we're equipped for the work of ministry, which also sounds very churchy. But remember that that word ministry just means service. We're equipped to serve. Serving is the work of the whole church. And what that means is that we can't approach our life together as a way of having our needs met and our preferences catered to. No, God brings us into community so that we can give, so that we can serve. And it's only when every member is doing its part that the body grows. This is how the body is built up. A charge to you while I'm away. Don't tread water. Don't bide time until the early fall. Don't let the body atrophy like that. The Lord has good things planned for me, but the Lord also has good things planned for you over the next four months. The work of bodybuilding is before you, and you are equipped for humble love that meets needs and concrete with concrete deeds. So I wonder, family, how will you bodybuild this summer? Also, though, remember that bodybuilding requires rest. Bodybuilding requires not just serving, but being served. Think about your own body. If you only exercise and never eat, you'll die. If you only eat and you never exercise, you'll die. See, you need both. You need to give, but you also need to receive. You need to serve and you need to be served. Output and input. It's this kind of mutual serving that builds up the body in love. So bodybuilding love, it's expressed in our serving. Make sure that you have that output and input. The second thing Paul shows us is that bodybuilding love is expressed in our speaking. Paul envisions a community in which everyone speaks the truth in love. Now, what does that mean? You know, one way I've heard this explained is basically that we need to develop the skill of speaking hard truths to each other in nice ways. Now, it could be that that is an important skill. I mean, that that speaking kindly to one another and saying things um, that are hard to each other in kindness, that that could be an important skill. I just don't think that's what Paul is talking about here. See, what is Paul doing? He's contrasting speaking the truth in love with deceitful schemes and craftiness and human cunning of verse 14. 
And, and so the point isn't to speak truth generally in a way that is nice. I mean, Paul's not really interested in just general truth. Paul's point is much more specific. He's talking about the truth of the gospel. He's giving us the responsibility of speaking the truth of the gospel to one another because we love each other and we don't want to lead each other astray. And so family, this is a call to, to speak Jesus to one another. Remember, Jesus identified himself as the truth. Paul is saying, speak this truth to one another in love. Speak the gospel to one another in love. We see Paul doing this all the time in his letters. I mean, later in Ephesians, when he's giving instructions to husbands about how to care for their wives, he doesn't just say, hey, you husbands, you need to love your wives. Although he certainly could have said that and it would have been true. No, he calls us to love by showing us the gospel. He calls us to, to sacrificial service by showing us the way Jesus has served, even to the point of laying down his life for us. And that's what we need. This is the truth we need to hear spoken in love again and again. You know, one of the many joys I have in being your pastor is that I get to do this at least once a week, try to speak the truth of the gospel to you in love. But here, notice that Paul isn't talking about sermons. He's talking about every member of the body speaking the truth and love to one another. While I'm away for the next four months, I urge you to keep speaking Jesus to one another, to call each other again and again back to the gospel, remind one another again and again of the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Family, his life and death and resurrection is enough for you. It's so much important, so much more important that you have that as your foundation than that you're able to speak hard things to each other in nice ways. No, speak Jesus to each other. In Christ, you have everything you need. People have asked me if I'm worried about being away for four months. What will I be coming back to? <laughs> I'm not worried. Uh, I'm looking at a group of people who have done the loving work of bodybuilding through two of the hardest years we've had. You're so good at this, Christ Prez. You're good at serving one another. You're good at pointing each other to the gospel. Someone asked me yesterday, what if you come back and the church has doubled in size and everyone's just thriving without you? And I said, well, then I praise God and I take another four months. <laughs> Look, here's the real reason I'm not worried. Look at this table. We have a good shepherd. You have a good shepherd. And I have a good shepherd. It's not me. God grows us into the maturity of Jesus by giving us Jesus. And so as you come to this table, reflect on the fact that this is a meal for spiritual children. You know, we don't always know what's good for us, but we can trust this meal. We can trust that we have a father who won't give us stones when we ask for bread. God is eager to meet us at this table and to be with us and to love us and to give us everything we need. And so family, see your need, 
and then see that Jesus is grace for the needy. He gives himself to the spiritually immature. He's the one who says, let the little children come to me. And so come and welcome to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.